Good morning. Welcome to the Church of. May I help you? Yes. What exactly is the name of your church? Whatever you want it to be. You're just the Church of blank? Yes. Names with words like the cross or God offend people. You'll find our beliefs are very tolerant. In fact, we've removed everything from the Bible that might be offensive. See? This pamphlet is your Bible? Did you keep anything? Oh, yes. Love one another, God is love, the seven suggestions. You mean the Ten Commandments? Oh, commandments are so intolerant. People were offended. Don't you think God is offended when you change his word? God is tolerant. He'll understand. I don't think so. He wasn't very tolerant of Sodom and Gomorrah or of the world when he sent the flood. Oh, we've eliminated those events from our Bible. Listen, God wants what's best for us. Ignoring his moral standards doesn't change his expectations of us, regardless of how offensive you find them. Oh, sorry if I've offended you. Don't worry about me. It's God you need to be concerned about. This is part two of the Great Deception Pandemic, and Randy will focus on the contagious deceptions of the disapproved super-apostles. The Apostle Paul warns in 2 Timothy 3 5-9, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are. But today this satanic infection still grows and grows. Paul warns us to stay away from them, and in 2 Timothy 3:13 he says, But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So now let's listen to Randy. Look at the por- portion of Scripture that says, with corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. Notice the word used, disapproved. And yet we know in Timothy it says, study to show yourself approved. Notice the difference. The only way you have approval of God is when you so understand the word, you obey him. Anytime you're ignorant of the word and do what's contrary, no matter how sincere you are, you're not approved, you're disapproved. Does that make sense? No matter how religious it is, no matter how much it makes you feel so spiritual or good or at peace, it doesn't matter what you feel, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter because deception isn't used to make you feel rotten. When Satan deceives you, doesn't he make you try to feel comfortable and and excited and right before him, before God? Of course it is. Remember, I, I said this many times, when the devil came to Adam and Eve, he didn't come to Eve and say, Eve, I'm the devil, I hate your guts, I want you to burn in hell, so here's a stick, kill your husband, and we'll rule hell together and surf in the flames. Come on, baby, take me. That's not what he said, did he? Instead he said, Eve, there's more revelation. There's secret revelation. God hasn't given you everything yet. I want to open your eyes to know that God is kind of afraid that you can't handle it all yet. But I'm the one that's going to really give you all the truth of God's word. Accept my truth and you will be like God. And you'll be so wise, you can make your own decisions. You don't have to have God telling you because you'll be as smart as him and you don't need his wisdom. You can do it yourself. Be your own God. And as he quietly clearly made things sound so good and made her sound so important and so smart and so wonderful, she said, yeah, I want that. Notice the difference. And do you think he's changed over time? He has not. He sends his preachers into the church and with the best words you can have, the greatest sermons you'd ever listen to, with the greatest music you'd ever want to hear, They suck your soul dry and you don't even know it. 
as you eat it up, unless you're protected by discernment. See how important this is? You must be aware of all things here and test. Those corrupt minds means like a rotten vegetable. It's off, ruined, wrecked. Their minds are corrupted. They don't know they're telling you wrong. They're sincere. As clearly as they tell you, they're corrupted in their thinking because they're thinking as logical as they can. They're just wrong, but they're sincere in it. And they're disapproved according to the faith or concerning the faith because they're not giving you the faith that God called you to, the faith of Jesus. Their thinking is ruined with false doctrine, and they are worthless and rejected by God, even though they say they're not. And they prove it by their miracles or their riches or their blessing. See, I must be of God. God gave me $6 million. I built the biggest building. I've got all these seats. I have 10,000 people that come every Sunday to my place. i got to be proof that I'm of God. No, it doesn't. It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove it at all. Next thought. True preachers have little popularity according to the concept that we're looking at here. And we'll show that through some examples too. True preachers have little popularity and suffer the wrath of the wicked because they do not tell them what they want to hear. The false guys tell people what they want to hear. The true preacher doesn't tell them what they want to hear. He tells them what they need to hear. But they want something else. God says, repent and turn to me for forgiveness. You are sinners. But the other guys say, God loves everyone. We're all God's people. All you have to do is say a little prayer. Dear Jesus, come in my heart. And no matter how you live from that point on, God accepts you. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not a Christian, even though you're still a liar, commit adultery, steal, beat your wife. It's okay. You prayed the little prayer you're in. Don't let anybody fool you. Listen to those lies. And they're told in churches all over the nation, beware of who you're listening to. 2 Timothy chapter 3, still look at verse 10 through 12 now. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering love and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That doesn't sound like the preachers I hear on TV. They don't say, come to Jesus and suffer persecution with me. They don't say that. They say, give me your money. And God will bless you tenfold. And then I'll buy my jets and you'll be thankful that you helped my ministry. Give more today. And if you will, I'll send you a prayer cloth that I prayed for. It'll miraculously make everything wonderful in your life. Praise God. And thank you so much. Come next week and give more. Isn't that what you hear on TV a lot? Sure it is. Sure it is. Let's look at the points under this concept. Paul said, if you want to know the real guys... Carefully follow my doctrine. Now, I want you to understand something. It's nothing new what you hear today. When Paul was a preacher, do you know he was a minority? We look at him as the amazing Apostle Paul. 
We read the scripture because it's true, and we think he was the most popular guy in the nations. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He had Christians calling after him all over for them to come to his church to preach. You know that's not true? The scripture is clear on it. I don't have time to go through all of it, but he had to defend himself everywhere. And I will at least give you some examples before I finish to show you how this is no different. He was not a majority, but a minority in the church. And that blew my mind when I saw it. Because I always thought of him. He wrote most of the New Testament. I'm thinking, everybody believed in Paul. They didn't. He was slandered and attacked, condemned and judged as a low-powered, unimportant apostle. He had very little spiritual power. He was not the guy to go listen to. He was boring. He had big words in his, in his written words, but when you got to hear him, he was a boring little guy of very little value. They attacked him on every level. He was really hated by many of what's called the super apostles, which is literally what he talks about. Notice number, point number two. He also went from doctrine to lifestyle. Notice, you've watched me in my manner of life, in my purpose, how I've lived my life with purpose. You've seen how I walk in faith. You've noticed that I have suffered much and I've been patiently and faithful to God through all the things I suffered. Notice he didn't say, you've noticed, I'm rich, I'm blessed. I got more answers to prayer than anybody else. I've been able to walk on gold because God just blesses me till I can't stand it. Did you notice my gold-plated uh, little chariot with my white horses that I drive? He didn't say any of those things. He can't compete with the super apostles of then or today. He said, you noticed my long suffering. You noticed my love. Notice that I persevered through. Well, what do you have to persevere through? If you, oh, I got another million bucks. This is too rough on my life. Is that what he suffered under? No. He didn't suffer under money. He suffered under problems, shortages of funds, sufferings, persecutions, jail. People threw him in jail because they didn't want to hear what he preached. What kind of blessing is that? You came to our town. We're glad you're here. Go in jail and shut up. We don't want to hear what you're saying. All you ever do is come and bother us and tell us we're sinners. Get out of my town. I'm telling you. He was thrown and driven out of cities. He wasn't very popular. He isn't what you think of the super apostle that everybody wants to think of. His persecutions and afflictions were much. Now listen to the thought then. Fruit inspection is absolutely necessary. Fruit inspection. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He said, how are you going to tell it? Beware of the false prophets. You'll know them by their fruit. Not by their miracles, not by all their preaching sermons and how many books they sold on, on last month's list. I've sold the best-selling Christian book in the nation. Who cares? Who cares? That proves nothing. Notice, fruit inspection is absolutely necessary to reveal a true man of God. What a person does in his private life proves who he is. A true holy preacher suffers rejection. You know, the holy preachers, people are uncomfortable around. You know, when people, certain people find out I'm a preacher, it's so funny. They, before they knew I was a preacher, they would do certain things. So they go, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Huh? As if I'm God. If they would have worried about God and done that, but suddenly I make them uncomfortable. 
even though I never even told them I was a preacher. She did, or somebody did, you know. I didn't do it. Next thing I know, they're walking on eggshells around me like, oh, he is a preacher, what am I going to do? Before that, they treated me like a normal guy. Well, look at that's part of this. A man that's holy causes people problems. They don't feel comfortable, but guess what? I don't feel comfortable going to their parties either. I kind of just like, what am I doing here? This is not my thing. Where's my Christian brothers, man, when I need them? I've got to get out of here. There's just something that stirs me that says, ooh, I don't feel comfortable. God doesn't have to say a whole lot of just like, ooh, I want to go home. This is boring to me. Well, guess what? They come to church and they go, ooh, it's boring. I don't want to be here. Why? Inside. They don't have Jesus. And, they, and that's not, you can beg them to come to church, wish they'd come to church, but without Christ. They don't like it. They're uncomfortable. It's boring. Yeah, it's exactly right. There's a difference between the, our groups. And a true man of God is going to suffer rejection then from people who don't want them to be around and don't, don't want them to get this preacher out of here. They're, they're you know, messing up our parties or whatever. Third point, look at the part of the scripture that says all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. What verse is that? Verse 12. Notice, all, what does all mean? Look at yourself in the mirror, folks. You're included here. It's not the preachers. All who claim to be a follower of Jesus, you can tell if you're real right now. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will strike the ungodly in the wrong way. You will cause them to be very unhappy with you. They will not desire the things you desire, and they get angry if you want to talk about Jesus. They're going to find rejection on your What you like, they don't like, and they don't want to hear about it. And rejection will be a part of this life because many, many are on the broad way and only a few on the narrow way. Exactly. All right, so the person who follows Jesus finds the world's hatred just like Jesus himself found in Israel when he preached. Even people that don't take time to read the Bible think that Jesus was this guy who walked through Israel when he healed the sick and he fed them. They hung on him. He couldn't breathe. It showed, if you start reading those times in his life and ministry, he'd go to sleep and the people would stand all around the whole building. Thousands of them standing there. He gets up. He can't even go out the doorway. They're hanging on him. Why? They wanted free food, free health, and medicine, and whatever he was giving away. But you know, in John 6, 6, 6, yes, John 6, 6, 6, chapter 6, verse 66, it says, When he began to preach about repentance and receiving him as the Lord and Savior who had to die and shed his blood, it said most all of them quit following him and said, we don't even know what you're talking about. It's not what we want to hear. We liked it when you told us about the good stuff. We liked it when you gave us free food, but all this stuff about sacrifice and blood and stuff, forget you. And it says most all of them left and didn't follow him any longer. Here, God himself was not popular after he stopped healing. In fact, that's why he slowly stopped doing it. You know that? They couldn't hear him. When he preached the word, they wouldn't listen. 
As he healed the sick and raised the dead, man, all they wanted to do is watch more healings and raising the dead. It was like watching reality TV, but they got to walk around and watch it all day long. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I watched Jesus yesterday. There was this guy that was, he was on the ground drooling and all this stuff, and he came up, and next thing I know, the guy's normal. That was so cool. And then there was this lady, uh, her back was all funny, and she was all cranked up, and she looked like she hadn't walked for 150 years. And man, Jesus just went touching. She was walking like, jumping around like she was 20. That was so cool. What a show. I love these reality shows. You know, they were excited about seeing all the action. But he started preaching the word, and boy, they didn't want to hear it no longer. And they said, this is crazy. We're not following this guy anymore. And it's, you know, when he was crucified and resurrected, how many people were around him then? Anybody remember? Remember at the day of Pentecost, how many Christians were there? 120? Here he's God. He shook the whole nation, and yet only 120 people were serious. It says... In Corinthians, about 500 people saw Jesus when he was resurrected. Of all the people around there, best he could do is get a few hundred that followed him. A few hundred. Think about that. But what did he do? He made a lot of religious people very uncomfortable. They didn't like him at all. They came around him every time he tried to preach and argue with them. They tried to trap him and condemn him and call him a liar and, and uh, stab him in the back and slander him and uh, do all kinds of things against him, didn't he? didn't they? He had a lot of work just trying to survive through all the attacks and arguments and, and con- condemnation of leaders and religious people who were trying to find fault with him, didn't want to hear him. It was definitely persecution. And guess what? You get found out and you start saying something about Jesus at work. You ain't going to be like, baby. Go ahead and try to do it at school and see how many people want to be your buddies. Start telling about Jesus and they're going to go to hell. They're going to start going, you people are whacked. You believe what you want to believe and I'm going to believe what I want to believe. My God's a loving God. You guys are whacked. And they're going to just resist and reject. They don't want to hear it. The truth will divide them from you. Next time, Randy will continue with part 3 of the Great Deception Pandemic, and will give helpful insight to help you protect yourself from the contagious deceptions of the disapproved preachers of today. Remember, this is serious, and that is why God is so concerned about you that He warned you in 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Many will miss heaven because of deceived and sincere people leading others into hell. If you have questions you can ask Randy by contacting him on Twitter at Randy M. Bell or online at narrowroadunderground.klptv.com.